Hi, editing Emma. I completely forgot to do an intro, so this is my intro. Hello and welcome to Sync, a show where we discuss music in film and television, why it matters, who puts it there, and the music supervisors and composers who make it all happen. Enjoy. This is a show I've wanted to do for a very long time, but wasn't really sure how to like fit it in with my usual format, so I'm really excited that this is happening. Yay. Um, why don't we dive right into it? I did a little promo, I did a little um, XYZ, but let's just dive right into it. Um, if my stream lab starts to mess up, please tell me in chat because um, I was streaming earlier this week and my microphone was off for an hour and I don't know why. It was showing up as fine, but whatever. So yay! Okay, today we're talking about Gossip Girl, aka probably the best show in the whole world. I'm just kidding, but it's like, well I'm not just kidding. It's a really, really, really good show and my favorite part of Gossip Girl is the music and I think that the music placement in Gossip Girl is probably one of and I don't want to say it's like the best like like I don't know it's just it's I don't want to I don't even know if this is something that like subconsciously inspired me to like get into this as like a quote career unquote I don't know what I'm doing I just enjoy it and I like talking about it and kind of really want to do it in my life but anyway that's again not Emma's like um self-promotion hour but yeah, this is definitely like, I watch this show for the music moments. And if you Google like Gossip Girl music, there are like articles and articles and articles and articles and articles everywhere talking about how like all like top 10 Gossip Girl music moments. Is there a Miss Mojo video about it? There definitely is. Miss Mojo Gossip Girl. Who would be surprised? Well, there are a lot of, there are a lot of, there are a lot of them. No, ha, 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 there isn't. Oh, we love to see it, honestly. Miss Mojo, one of my least favorite people on YouTube. Anyway, or corporations, I should say. But that's for a different time. That's not for the stream. But yeah, no, if you like think about Gossip Girl, like maybe you think about Paparazzi by Lady Gaga. Maybe you think about like the way the show ends with the Florence, like whole like beautiful montage. Maybe you think about like, Empire State of Mind, like, I don't know, but there are so many iconic songs, apologize, like, all the moments of, yes, the top 10 list machine, oof, do I have some tea on those guys, but again, not for a different time, or not for now, for a different time, um, sorry, adjusting my posture, love to see it, so many Rihanna music moments, so many different, um, how do I say this, so many different, <laughs> I need a mod, I'm just kidding. I love you. Um, no, so many different uh, moments that are like so indicative of the time period. Like if we're going to talk about like period specific music, I think one of the coolest parts of Gossip Girl is that it manages to take artists who were either up and coming at the moment and boost them into the spotlight because Gossip Girl was a cultural phenomenon. Like let's not kid ourselves. It kind of still is in the way that it perpetuates through culture today. And, like, Gossip Girl is kind of, like, succession to me. It's one of those shows that you watch because you, like, for me personally, I'd love to just kind of sit and marvel in the, um, how do I say this? Marvel in, like, the petty drama of these incredibly rich people. But also, like, you learn to love the characters because, like, I don't know, it kind of subverts the teen stereotype thing where... Oh, it's so one like one-sided, da da da. But there are also so many plot holes in Gossip Girl. Like, I'm gonna spoil Gossip Girl. That's just on you. No offense. The show ended in what 2012. Like, that's really on you. 
like Dan being Gossip Girl, biggest plot hole of like television between 2000 and 2020, like just 100%. But like undeniably, the music creates that atmosphere of the sort of like, um, like rich party lifestyle, but also like the teen angst and the teen drama. And it is so late, it is so in the moment. But, so the music supervisor is Alexander Potsavas, who is an absolute icon. We love to see it. Um, yeah, she had Twilight series. She did The O.C., Grey's Anatomy, Supernatural. She's doing Riverdale, which I, I, I have very um, interesting opinions about Riverdale, but you cannot deny that the music in Riverdale is incredible. And I was like, Gossip Girl had a musical episode. Riverdale had a musical episode, or multiple, I guess. Like... I mean, Heathers and Riverdale is, like, iconic for all the wrong reasons. As, as an ex-Heathers actor, I can say that. But you can't deny the effort and the time and the love and the energy putting, put into creating that universe. And she really, like, made this world where she got to put artists sort of, like, Madonna and Air and the Pussycat Dolls which are already classics up next to like these sort of like Rihanna was already pretty big at the time, but like Lady Gaga was like just gaining prominence and Florence was just gaining prominence like up next to those and put it in the same sort of atmosphere. So as a viewer, you just sit and enjoy the music and it fits so freaking well with everything going on. It, it just, I, I'm in awe of it all the time. I'm kind of doing what I did last week or two weeks ago, which I really don't want to do and just be like, oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. And not provide like actual like commentary. But, like you cannot deny it. Like if you've seen Gossip Girl, like those montages with like the paparazzi montage, I think about all the time, the apologize, like the Wonder Public Timbaland song all the time that like the Florence at the very end, the way that it ends, um, Young Folks by Peter, you get the point. Um, did I just cut out? Shoot. Hold on. Can you hear me? Yes, you can. Okay. I don't know. Um, but, like, the, like I, I don't think it's the opening song, but it is, like, where Serena arrives at the train station. Like, that is the most pivotal moment in the entire show because it, like, creates the entire setup of the show. I'm going to rewatch this tonight. I love it. Um, but, yeah. So, I don't know. I kind of want to get into uh, the music supervisor for a hot second. Um, this was taken from a, an article about top couple music moments, but I think this just sort of, like, speaks to the way that the show, like, that she created the sonic atmosphere of the show, um, and she said, or this article said, one of the most iconic moments in the OC, both musically and just generally, was the utterly inappropriate use of Emotion Heap's Hide and Seek, um, as Marissa shoots Ryan's brother, Trey. Now, as we all know, like, this is me um like it's just like this intense moment that's the complete opposite that's just like it just created the snl parody like andy samberg cannot deny that is the that is the best sketch that has ever come out of any form of comedy arguably it is iconic it is all over the internet it was this huge like viral hit as well as a i guess um like comedic uh airtime television hit like, it is absolutely iconic. So then, what she did is she took the, like, 2009 Jason Derulo version, which, like, samples that song, 
and it's used to underscore, this is back to the article, used to underscore a passive aggressive Thanksgiving dinner at which literally everyone appears to be fighting because nobody in the Upper East Side is capable of having a nice time, and it's a fun throwback to the OC. So it's sort of like, if we're going to talk about sort of what we did with Wes Anderson a couple weeks ago, I think she's also created her own little music atmosphere, and I see... I've actually looked into doing a show on Riverdale. I've decided against it because um, I can't sit through Riverdale. I can't do it, and I don't want to, like, make an uninformed show. But, 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 that, like, also, like, she has a musical vocabulary that is undeniably, undeniably hers, and you, like, watch all these shows, and yes, like, they're all kind of melodramatic, almost superficial, like, Riverdale, Twilight, OC, Gossip Girl, all kind of like teen shows, but the music fits really well because it creates that drama that may or may not otherwise be like believable. Like Apologize is like such a dramatic song and it's like so like if I were just looking at these like sad faces of these teenagers in this montage, I'd be like, okay, like get over it, like whatever. But at that point, you're like, oh, no, like, this is a big deal. Like, and maybe you're not like, I feel so bad for you, da, 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 because it's, like, Gossip Girl. Like, it's really hard to feel bad for these people until, like, something really bad happens. Like, somebody dies or there's, like, other, like, traumatic things occurring. But, like, I feel like, oh, no, like, the boy was, like, kind of not wonderful to me. Like, it's really hard to feel bad for them. And I don't think the music makes you feel bad for them, as I said before. But I definitely think it has this element of being really... <sighs> it just captures the scene so like I can't get over it. It just captures the scene so well and it does such a good job of pushing a dramatic narrative where perhaps the shot design or the writing specifically because the writing is like filled with plot holes. Like no offense, like it's just and I guess that's oh, by viewer. I guess that's every teen drama like ever, I guess. But like the music does such a good job of pushing that beautiful I don't know, I just love it. Um yeah, it's just, it's just a beautiful, it's just a beautiful thing. I really love it. Um, yeah, so I actually wrote this for, um, no, never mind. I'm not, I already talked about that. Uh, I have my notes. Um, another interesting thing about Gossip Girl is I don't, I didn't really find any information on, like, the rights holding and, like, the ability to release this soundtrack, but in 2008, they actually released a soundtrack for, I think, just the first season. Um, one day, it was released the one day after the second season premiere. So, yeah, it's just the first season. And it has, like, the kooks, the kills, the teenagers, Phantom Planet, which, if we're going to talk about vocabulary and Alexander Pozava's vocabulary, Phantom Planet's um, California was the theme song for the OC, which is absolutely iconic and an unbelievable, unbelievable use of music placement there. So good. That song captures the entire essence of the entire show. Like, visually, emotionally, aesthetically, like, in, like, like, in its writing, it's wild. But yeah, there's this whole, um, uh, soundtrack that was released, and it was called Number One. I don't think there was ever another album. It was on Atlantic, uh, interesting. But... It was released by Atlantic, so I don't really know how that worked. Um, it was, uh, Gossip Girl was on CW as well, so I don't know how CW slash Warner Brothers did that licensing with Atlantic, but hey, you know what? Well, it's part of Warner Music Group, but, like, that was, like, I think this is pre, 
um, Electro Merge. I don't know. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, but yeah, I, I think like releasing a soundtrack is a very interesting thing. And one day I kind of want to do an entire show about releasing soundtracks that are like not, I guess, original music, or original score. Um, I don't have enough information on that right now. So I'm going to need to learn more and I don't want to give you an uninformed show. Maybe I'll interview someone. Maybe it'll be awesome. I don't really know. We'll see what happens. Um, to the one person still here, I love and appreciate you. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think that, sorry, I'm, I'm doing a lot of vocal fillers today. It's an interesting day. It is so hot here and the air quality is trash. Anyway, um, but okay, so the soundtrack was not, like not the soundtrack album, but it was like best music in for a series. Uh, nominated for Ch Teen Choice Award in 2009. And looking at the history of that Teen Choice Award, um, hold on. Let me see. Yeah, it wasn't for the... <laughs> yeah, Choice Music Soundtrack. So, Jesus, sorry. And it was interesting because that was, yeah. So, so I don't believe it was the, hold on. Sorry, I want to get my facts right. I believe it was for the show. Yeah, so it was for the whole show. And listen to what it was up against. So it was Gossip Girl, Hannah Montana, the movie, High School Musical 3, Senior Year, which I still can't get over that name, really. Senior Year, like, come on. Jonas Brothers, the 3D Concert Experience, and Twilight. So what is that? Two Alexander Pitsavis jobs? We'd love to see it, honestly. I really admire this person. I really appreciate their work. Anyway, okay, so let's just go through the Gossip Girl soundtrack. And I think... I don't really know how to talk about this in a super informed way because I was not watching Gossip Girl at the time of its release with the exception of the last two seasons. Um, when I probably shouldn't have been watching it, honestly, but like, it was good. Let's not lie. It was a good use of my time too because it was like good television. Um, but like judging at the last two seasons specifically, um, why are these all in the wrong order? No. Um, okay, sorry. But anyway, no, it's very, like, you have a lot of The Virgins, which is kind of a, like, they're still releasing music, which is interesting, but definitely of the time. But then you have, like, Leonard Skinner, you have OK Go, more of the time. Uh, you have Promiscuous. Like, these songs are huge, and they were huge at the time, but then there were also songs that were, like, boosted by this show, because this show was, like, a cultural phenomenon like the fashion there's like studies that say that people started spending way like teenagers were spending like insane amounts of money on clothing after this because like and, and I don't this is a fact I did not get from the internet I was actually told um by somebody who like didn't work on the show or anything it was just word of mouth but um that like all or a lot of the clothing the designer clothing was like donated to the show to get publicity for the designers and these are like big designers who do not need the publicity but we're doing it anyway and like people started buying the clothes and it was this huge cultural phenomenon like are you a Blair or a Serena like 
who's your dream guy? Like, it was sort of an Edward uh, Jacob type of situation. Are we team Dan or team Nate? Are we team Chuck? Like, who are we? I am personally team Chuck, team Chuck for various reasons. Um, I also think he's a horrible human being. Let's not get it twisted. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I don't think anybody on this show is supposed to be a good character. And I admire that because it's a teen show. But the way that the music and the big hits are done, like it, incorporating these huge songs into the sort of thing, it creates this element of like emotion because of the ties of the popularity of the songs at like, because of the iconic, it's sort of like when I was talking about Stranger Things, because the songs are so iconic, people come into them with a like premeditated thought. So to have an iconic song there allows the viewer to have not only their own association, but to have more of a connection to what's happening in the scene in a way that potentially a song that isn't up and coming or maybe isn't like as popular doesn't let you do. Um, this is more of a general thing, but because none of these characters in the show, as I was saying before, are like generally likable people, like they all mess up, which is the point of a teen TV show. Like, thank goodness. Honestly, I think the only person who in any capacity is tried like it is attempted like uh, uh is like uh, there's an attempt at a positive portrayal is serena but like serena's so boring like what's not <sighs> anyway um i think as well that the special thing about gossip girl as i was saying before is it puts these up and coming hits with these classic hits so you automatically associate them as classics, number one, and you come they come on the same sort of platform. Like you're not going into the show with an association that all the music is indie. That kind of thing. I mean, Lady Gaga was not indie at the time that the show or that the song was put in there, but she wasn't was this pre born this way? Pre because it wasn't pre Fame Monster. I think it was pre because paparazzi was on monster oh no it was just on lady gaga bless yeah so like this song was already popular because it came out in 2008 like it was in 2008 i believe but it wasn't like the phenomenon that it is now and i'm not saying gossip girl is exclusively to credit for that but i do think that 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 is one of the most iconic moments in gossip girl and people still watch clips of that like there are there are clips of that moment on youtube that have millions of views like when I say this was a cultural phenomenon and remains to be so, it's kind of like Glee, where people continue to go back to it because it gives you that sort of easy teen drama that's easy to be sucked into, but at the same time, it has elements of shows like Succession where you can just kind of chill and watch these people's lives play out, and there's a lot less at stake um, than necessary, but the music does create this these stakes and allows... Um, not only, like, uh, it allows for these emotional ties that perhaps wouldn't exist before. Not only because the songs have, like, this popularity that, like, the Madonna songs, let's say, have this association and have this sort of cultural and personal um, uh, connections to different, like, scenes. Like, if you think of a Madonna song... You're not going to play a Madonna song, like, in the middle of a living room while everybody's just chilling, like, and, like, and, like, drinking coffee together. 
unless like it's intended to be incredibly juxtapositional, if that's a word, but you're going to go into it with the association that it's supposed to create this sort of fun atmosphere. So putting it there as, you know, it seems pretty obvious, but putting it there creates a fun atmosphere where in reality, like it, it maybe wouldn't. And I'm, I'm talking about very basic, like aspects of music placement in my personal mind and opinion. Like that's the point, but this show, because they have those existing hits alongside with up and coming and a mix of old and new and a mix of genre, but they're all kind of in this poppy style, whether it be upbeat or not upbeat, there's very little indie in this and very little hard rock unless it's character associated and like leitmotif. Um, one day I'll like put definitions and stuff up on this. I just have to get better at Streamlabs. Um, but leitmotif meaning like association with a specific character and that kind of thing or association with a specific mood or a specific type of thing. It's, it's a motif, but it's musical and associated. Anyway, um, and usually it happens in genres, And but I like to, I don't even know if this is proper, but I like to use it in the context of like individual pieces of work and the way that people play songs or compose music based off of like different aspects of the show. And by putting these really popular hits in the mix with these up and coming hits, you get the same vibe and the same, you, you adopt that association as a viewer with these newer songs, which I, I would be very curious to see, to like go back in time and see how the use of those songs changed over time and whether or not that was influenced by where they were played in Gossip Girl or like people's associations with that kind of, I guess, I don't know. Like I, I might do some Twitter research after this. I can update y'all at the beginning of next show, but it's incredibly, incredibly fascinating to me the way that this has like persisted. I don't know. It is astounding. I can't think of that many other, like, I guess, 2000s pieces of media that have persisted in their cultural um, significance for this long. Like, people go back and watch the show because it meant something to them at a, at a specific period of time. And because that, like, people still have tours of New York. And people were really pissed when one of the bars, like, the, the pretty, there are a couple of, like, famous bars that are showed and, like, shown. Um, but one of them closed. And people were really, really mad because it has become this, like, landmark of New York. And people go to New York to tour like, the sights of Gossip Girl, people sit on the steps of the Met so much that the Met got mad, and then finally they gave up in that sort of, like, they were like, we can't fight this, like, it's not like it's, but, like, it'll be roped off sometimes, depending on what's happening, like, uh, I think on Google Maps right now, it's not roped off, but if you want to check that at some point, like, feel free, maybe I'll check after the show, um, but yeah, I think that the whole concept of cultural, iconography is driven a lot by the music and the fashion and the visual um motifs like having these specific places be constants for these characters and in that having these specific types of songs be constant for the characters like even though let's take rihanna and um uh young folks so like uh What's the most famous Rihanna song that's in here? Let's just check. Let's just check for 
for last. Oh my gosh. Sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Give me a second. Hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Knock something over. All right, we're good. Sorry, I knocked over my water bottle, which is really just not not positive. Um, but yeah, so the most famous Rihanna song that's in here is Shut Up and Drive, in my personal opinion. Like, in terms of its iconic placement. Um, what was the other one? I don't know. Um, but there's another Rihanna song that was on the playlist. I know there are more. I think Ponder Replay's in there. I don't think this playlist does everything. I'll link the playlist right now. Actually, I'll link a different playlist. one has 74,000 followers. This is the one I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, it's, it's the iconography of these songs as if it 18,000 times go with the iconography of the rest of the show and push that cultural, um, significance through it. And I don't think a lot of people have nostalgia for the late 2000s. You know, you had the economic crisis, you had a lot of, like, um, uh, cultural, like, um, and specifically political actions being taken that were really, really, really negative. There were wars occurring, like, just not really the most shining moment for, like, specifically America. Um, and I personally believe that people have a lot of their associations with specific times due to like the media that they were watching at that time maybe that's just me but based on people i've talked to and like my friends and that kind of thing um i believe that gossip girl creates that nostalgia that maybe people don't have anywhere else specifically for millennials i'm not a millennial i'm what i like to call a zillennial i'm old gen z uh Warble and I talk about this all the time, that weird gap. And now that's become like a common knowledge and I will take credit for a lot of that along with Warble, but even though like I know it's not, but it, whatever. That's been a belief of mine for a very long time. I'm not bitter, I'm actually not, but I'm just, I'm joking. Anyway, the whole co whole concept, the whole, we definitely did, let's, let's not lie. The whole, whole, whole concept of nostalgia for the late 2000s, like just doesn't exist. Like, if you are in chat right now, which I believe is just horrible, hi, um, please say anything that you're nostalgic about for the late 2000s. I have nothing. The oldest I was in the 2000s, like, 2010, I turned 12. So, like, yeah, do I remember my childhood intermittently? But, late 2000s, I'd probably say 2007. That's when Gossip Girl aired. Yeah, probably 07. Like, 07, 08, like, that kind of, like, late 07, that kind of thing. Because um, I usually do 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, and then 7, 8 is kind of, like, weird. And then 9, 10. Um, hmm. Like, I would consider 2016 mid-2000s, or mid-2010s. Um, 
But I think culturally, 2007 to 2008 was, like, late aughts because of, like, what was occurring. Like, if we're, specifically in America, if we're going to talk about, like, Obama. But also, like, we have to count in 2007 a little bit because it's, like, the rise of, of pain pre-economic crash. But I think categorizing the late 2000s at 2008 is rough. Yeah, you know, like, I don't think anything really happened. I made some friends that I still have. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there was nothing that I was doing that was, like... I don't know, like 2010, I listened to Marina for the first time. That's, that wasn't even in the, like, you know what I mean? I played Polly Pockets in the aughts, like, I don't know what else to say. But I think people return to Gossip Girl because it brings, it has such strong associations with that time. It really is, like, at some point, we're doing this, we're doing this, I promise, I promise, I promise. I'm getting my premiere part award, don't worry. Um... Because I have, yeah, I have, I have no recollection, but I think that's why people go back to Gossip Girl. Because if they have that association, it is such a specific landmark. And especially if you're a millennial and you, like, were kind of a teenager or a little bit younger maybe than the characters on Gossip Girl. Like, that is a world that is idealized based on what was actually happening because they're rich, they're pretty, they kind of don't have any responsibilities, and if they do have them in the show, like, it doesn't have any, like, narrative weight unless there's really, like, a crisis that happens for maybe half an episode that's resolved in the same episode. There's no, <laughs> there's no stake. So you can idealize that point in life by immersing yourself in this scene, in the aesthetic, specifically in the fashion aesthetics, but so strongly in the music. Like, the music is so indicative of that time. That playlist, I listen to it and I'm like, oh, Demi Lovato times. Like for my personalist that like, it was like Demi Lovato, Miley Cyrus, like that kind of music for me. And that's not even in, I don't even think either, maybe Miley's in it, but like Demi's not and Miley, yeah, Miley's not either in this playlist. But for, it brings me back to that time in my life in ways that nothing else really can. Like, I know in 2009, 2010, I was waking up, like, to the radio and hearing, like, birthday sex. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I was hearing all these songs. I was hearing, like, early Rihanna. I was hearing Lady Gaga. I was hearing this kind of thing. The Black Eyed Peas, exactly. Our Bla Black Eyed Peas were in this, right? There's no Black Eyed Peas in this playlist, so I know it's a, I know it's a farce because Black Eyed Peas were 100% in this show. Um... Let me crack every bone in my body. Um, but you think of Black Eyed Peas, what do you, you can't think of anything else but that period of time. They are so specific to that period of time. Paparazzi by Lady Gaga, I'm going to continue to bring it up because in my opinion, that's probably the most iconic. Apologize, which is still played on the radio today for some unknown reason. That is just like kind of weird to me, but the radio, we just, we, it's TikTok songs and, and whatever is released. No, it gives you hell. Like, let's just let's just go through this playlist. Let's just go. So, Empire State of Mind. Obviously, you have like promiscuous. Promiscuous girl. Apologize. Obviously, LCD Sound System. More One Republic. One Republic was huge here. But then you have the Pussycat Dolls, and you have Madonna next to Vampire Weekend, and next to The Kills. And next to Lady Gaga, and you have Death Cab for Cutie, you have MGMT, like you have, I almost said definitely the wrong thing there. 
but you have the 88, which I personally love. Um, all of these are so, oh, there's so much Phantom Planet on this. Alex, oh, Alex Pensava is absolute icon. But you have Robin on here, which is a little bit earlier, but you have Snow Patrol. You have the Black Keys. Like the variety is so different, or the variety is so great, but you have all these different subgenres of pop that speak to different time periods smashed together but they all have very similar sounds even though they have different moods and different aesthetics they have similar like sonic um structures so they're all kind of that poppy like verse chorus verse or verse verse chorus verse chorus bridge chorus chorus probably and they're all kind of in the same key from what i remember i like found that fact somewhere um but I personally believe, I personally believe that, like, no matter, these songs together, like, if I listen to Susie, Susie and the Banshees, it doesn't bring me back to, like, it doesn't bring me back to the times when it was released, because, like, I wasn't around, you know, but it brings me back to Gossip Girl for one moment, especially when I listen to it in the context of other songs in that moment. When I listened to the B-52s, I wasn't around, but I can remember that scene in Gossip Girl. You have Cobra Starship, which was potentially one of the shortest-lived, like, careers in... No, seriously, like, it's so real. Yeah, 2009 was a great... And even 2008, like, Rihanna, Lady Gaga, um, like, the Lady Gaga self-titled came out in 2008. Um, what was the Rihanna album? came out in 2009 or 2008 sorry I'm doing a lot of uh yeah good girl gone bad came out in 2008 umbrella like freaking don't stop the music shut up and drive rehab good girl gone bad disturbia take a bow like, these are iconic songs. And placed in the context with all of these other songs, it, I wonder how much Gossip Girl made those songs more iconic. And again, I don't want to give all... Umbrella was 2008, allegedly. Oh, no, sorry, it was 2007. I lied. The Reloaded was, was in 2008. But, like, um, Disturbia, Take a Bow... Um, and the Maroon 5 song, I think, were, like, added on the Reloaded in 2008. Uh, Ponder Replay, I think, was 06. Um, what? I don't know a lot about Rihanna's discography. I don't know why I remember that. Oh, uh, Ponder Replay was 05. Sorry. Sorry. Um, but, I, yeah, I don't, oh, actually, I knew that. I'm, I'm really losing it. It's just you and me, Warble. We love to see it. Um, but in all honesty, it doesn't make any sense to me why these associations are created with each other. Like, I can hear that one Madonna song, and I'm like, I've heard that song thousands of times. What's the one that's like... I see. Like, I can't even remember what the effing song is called, but I can see it. Well, I can't see it, but like I, I know what it is in my head. Okay, the Madonna song isn't on here. This is a fake playlist. I refuse to see it. Um, there's so many. There's like two Madonna songs in here, but I can't remember which ones they are. It doesn't matter. 
but it'll bring me back to that moment in Gossip Girl because it created that emotional connection that wouldn't be there otherwise. I don't give a... I'm just gonna swear. I don't give a shit about, like, Serena and Nate. I don't care at all. I do not give one... I, I care... I, I don't care. I do not care. It bothers me, like, that I'm being asked to care until there's a song that is, like, put in there that lets me care. And there are a lot of shows that don't need the songs there, especially, like, shows um, and movies. Actually, movies, I believe this has done a lot more, in my opinion, where you can put score there or you can put silence there to really put you in that moment and, like, kind of take you out of the soundscape of it in general. I don't think Gossip Girl could do that because everything is so petty, especially when it was coming out and, like, all the stuff that was happening in America until it was, like, sort of the later seasons. Like, people were in an economic crisis. Nobody cares about some rich kids on the Upper East Side, like, cheating on their, like, partners and that kind of, like, nobody cares until you're being asked to care and given a reason to. And for a lot of, like, Gossip Girl, in my opinion, and, and from my experience, the music is why I care, which is why it's so cool that it can bring me back to that exact moment, no matter how many other experiences I have with the song. Now, there are a couple songs that aren't like that, like, um... Yeah, this is ridiculous. I don't know. But, like, yeah. Yeah, young folks, like, Peter Jordan and John, whew, are, like, the, I have other associations with that. Like, Home by Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros, I have other associations with that. Especially with Home, I have really strong associations. I have specific moments in my life that I personally believe that song came on to score that moment in my life so I would have that connection with it and not forget it, you know? That's how my memory works, is based on, like, music that was playing at the time. Or if I go back to that exact place where it happened, I can remember it all. And if the song is playing, I can remember it all. But for some reason, I still know exactly where in Gossip Girl, Home by Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros was played. And it was on a driving trip. Let me see. Let me describe the exact scene. I don't know if you've seen this show. Home, Edward Sharp, Gossip Girl. Okay, well, they're on the street, but I was like, I know it was a movement double sequence. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. But, like, I can see in my head. And they drive after, or before. Sorry. I failed there. I failed you. Well, y'all, if you're listening on Spotify. But I failed you, uh, Warble. I'm so sorry. I don't, I don't want to dox you. Just put yes or no in the chat if I can not, if, if I, if you want me to say Warble, put yes. If you don't care, put no. Um, put, I hate it. Here. Um. But, in all honesty, I, I can't believe I messed that up. I'm so sorry. But it's sort of like Scarborough Fair in um, The Graduate. Like, that is so iconic. It's the driving, and they're on the bridge, and there's the green, and there, it's like a big, like, wide, like, almost aerial shot. Actually, I think there is an aerial shot in there. But, like, that has such a strong association. And no matter how many other times I've heard Scarborough Fair, I know that it can, it can immediately bring me back to that, along with all the other places it has. This quality on this overlay is trash. I'm so sorry. Also, Warble, I don't know if you're still here or if you heard that, but I'll text you at some point. Let's keep going through the soundtrack. This is fun. Sum 41 brings me directly back to my freshman year of high school, uh, specifically the 2013 portion of it. Um, but I also, like, 
no, there's two Sum 41 songs I know for sure are in this, but uh, there's only one on here, so lol. But I, I know where the other one is, and I know where one of these Phantom Planet songs are. I know the paparazzi scene, like, by heart. I know, like, where the camera goes. Like, it is an unbelievable, like, <laughs> like, I, it is astounding to me. I don't think there are that many other, like, shows. There are movies that do that, but there aren't that many other shows that do that. Like, um, the San Junipero episode of Black Mirror, obviously, Heaven is a Place on Earth, that's iconic. Like, I think this episode... Bojack Horseman does that because its placement is really sparse. Um, Parks and Rec kind of does that, but also because I watch Parks and Rec like 18,000 times. Um, season 2 of American Horror Story. So like, Asylum. Orphan Black, but also again, because I've watched it 18,000 times. Um, yeah, that's about it. Because other ones, like, they're all movies. Like, The Virgin Suicides, movie. Whip It, movie. Devil Wears Prada, movie. Breakfast Club, movie. 10 Things I Hate About You, movie. What else? Perks of Being a Wallflower, movie. I think I already said that. Love, Simon, movie. I'm just going through, I these are all my baby driver. Oh, I should do a baby driver show. <gasps> oh my gosh, I'm going to do that at some point. That's going to take a lot of work, though, so we'll see. Picture Day, movie. Yeah, it's wild. I don't even, I don't even, because uh, shows have so much content. Like, I don't even know how many hours of Gossip Girl there are. Okay. Oh, I thought you were saying yes to my question from earlier. LMAO. Baby Driver is one of the most, I'm, I'm not going to talk about it too much right now because uh, I've been on for 46 minutes and I don't want to, like, distract from Gossip Girl. Um, but Baby Driver was literally edited to the music, which is potentially the most beautiful thing I've ever heard in my entire life. I think I actually already talked about it a little bit earlier, but whatever. Um, but yeah, I don't know. The associations that people have with Gossip Girl create that nostalgia for the ideal that never really was and put you so much into a fictionalized version of those years that lets you experience that nostalgia without any ties to maybe things that happened in your own life. And to me, that's like the point of media. Like, media is here for a couple of reasons, right? It's an art form, I believe, first and foremost. But television was created to make, or not created, but one of the main like selling points of television is it was an ex a more accessible, both financially and physically way, both financially and physically, sorry, in allowing people to experience media, but it also gave people entertainment in ways that were more short form, again, more accessible, not only in obvious, like financial, physical, but in their like palatability. Cause like from, from the film classes I've taken, and obviously I may not be like totally in it but there's like a couple of genres of film that were popular at the time and that's like musicals which is awesome but if you don't like movie musicals like you're kind of screwed and like some westerns and some like sort of that style and then a lot of like art film and sort of like very deep psychological stuff and I'm like if you don't want to go like it, 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 it's a sitcom you can have this type of sitcom when t like tv like it, it, you have the ability to have talk shows and short form entertainment 
and it puts you, I don't know why I was talking about this in the first place. Oh, cause tell, and then it allows you to have all of this content, hours and hours and hours of content. And it has such a valuable, like it has such high um, rewatch value and high rewatch, again, accessibility that it creates such a specific association in such an easy way with a lot of freedom to create a, a story throughout years as opposed to it being sort of stuck in two and a half hours. Now, obviously you can make like sequels and a saga and that kind of thing, but it's not the same. And TV, to me, is an interesting art form because it creates... Oh, I know why I brought that up. Um, TV is, in my, arguably, at least from my experience as a viewer and as somebody who wants to be here, it is not primarily, but maybe second or tertiary, third, a entertainment form. Like, potentially more than films are because films are long. They may be hard to sit through. They're very, very, very specific in their lens. Like, I, in my opinion, more than TV, because I think TV is meant to be more palatable. And Gossip Girl is mindless entertainment. It is so easy to watch, because whether or not you care, the drama keeps going, and it moves at such a high speed, like, stuff doesn't drag on, that you can easily digest it, in my opinion. And yeah, sometimes it gets like a lot. You're like, really? Why is this drama happening? But it moves so quickly that it's easy to move past it a lot of the time. But in that, you have the danger of not caring at all and just not wanting to watch the show. But because of the fashion iconography, but most specifically the musical iconography, it, like it not only the music not only allows you to care, as I've been saying for the last 50 minutes, but it allows you to connect with it in ways that make you want to keep coming back and create this atmosphere in ways that the drama probably doesn't because if it, an atmosphere of just drama is like oh why like it's just maybe I already have enough drama in my life maybe I don't even need this but it lets you have drama that is special and that is cool and that gives you like it, 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 it it's its own form of drama that is makes the entertainment even more palatable than I think it's already, than it's written to be or visualized to be. So that's my little spiel. I want to end on an article I found that was actually way back machined, but it was on about.com, which I don't understand why, but it is by Bill Lamb, who is kind of a freaky looking guy, but whatever. And it is from when? Uh, it was captured on December 14th, 2007. Oh, Wednesday, September 5th, 2007. And says, will Gossip Girl shake up the pop music world? Alexandra Pitsavas may not be a household name, but her work is extremely familiar in many households. It's a horrible phrasing. Sorry. Sorry, Bill Lamb. Um, as a person, as the person behind selection of music for Grey's Anatomy and the OC, she helped bring artist after artist to the attention of music fans. Now she is putting together the music for Gossip Girl, a new show on the CW based on a popular series of books for teenagers. The show will try to do for mainstream pop music what the OC did for indie pop and Grey's Anatomy has done for adult-oriented pop. I don't know what that means. Current advertising for Gossip Girl features music by Fergie and Aqualung. The debut episode will include songs by Rihanna, Amy Winehouse, Angels and Airwaves, Hanson, and the Mooney Suzuki. Patsava says, I'm relying on old... Wait, I didn't, I didn't even read this article, like, all the way through before reading it. 
wait, that's so funny. I should have done that, but um, I'm relying on old favorites while exploring current pop music. And since the show revolves primarily around high school students in New York, we'll definitely be using some New York-based bands, which they did. It's really cool. Um, and they also use bands that, like, the actors are in, like, the actors' bands, and they have the actors sing, because obviously they have the musical episode. Anyway, but these kids listen to the radio, too. So, yeah, that sums it up for me. I don't know. It creates these beautiful ties that I think very, very few shows have done in such a, and, and had such a lasting impact and created such strong associations that make people not only care in the moment, but want to come back. So, I hope you're all doing well. Have a wonderful rest of your weekend. Be good to yourselves, be good to each other, and be good to the world around you, and I will see you all next week. Thanks for listening.